On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. One of a kind opinions, big name guests, the teams you care about every day, every, every day. It's the Ron Johnson Show, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, and it starts now. Welcome to the Ron Johnson Show, and I'm your host, Ron Johnson. In today's show, we're going to debut a new segment. I'm excited about this one. It's called This or That. You have to stick around to see what that is, but this or that. For instance, would you rather have this pizza or that uh, bowl of chicken? I don't know, but this or that. You'll see. It's, it's, we're going to use NFL players. Um, as we grow this and that, too, we're going to use hockey, baseball. Would you rather have, uh, I don't know, Judge or Barry Bonds? This or that. And then I'm going to give you the reason why. Sam's going to weigh in as well. Um, we're also going to talk about Gary Bradbury. Gary Bradbury is going to become a big topic, I think, during training camp for the simple fact of a lot of people felt like the Vikings should have drafted the center, but we also needed a safety. We needed corners. Um, I, maybe Bradbury is fine. I think, you know, sometimes it takes guys a little bit. I think um, I had uh, Ryan Monis, scout for the Vikings. He bought that up, that middle guard centers. It takes them time. You know, not everybody comes in and boom, they're just a great starting center or guard. It takes them a little bit of time. So maybe time is all he needed. Maybe a new system. But as I bring Sam Ekstrom in, my producer, um, we're, we're going to talk about what, and then we got the daily three, of course, but we're going to talk about Garrett Bradbury. Is he really a piece of this offensive line or is he just something that, you know, everybody's waiting to see if somebody's going to knock him out during training camp. I don't think there's anybody that can. That's the problem. Um, there's been conversations about his weight, his strength. Um, he was an undersized offensive lineman, but under, if you remember, under Kubiak's system, that was what they wanted. They wanted guys that can move. But before we jump into this, Garrett Bradbury, heavier, stronger offensive lineman. We're going to have a word from our sponsors. Thanks, Ron. Uh, Bet Online, our good partners, our source for sports info, the number one source. You can get the latest odds in tonight's game four uh, in the NBA Finals. The Celtics favored by four. You can get MLB odds and scores. You can get odds on the upcoming fights and the upcoming NFL season futures. They've got esports as well. They've got live betting odds. They've got everything you need to stay up to date with all the trends and action. Bet Online where the game starts. And so, Sam, as we jump into this, your question and a lot of people's questions, and we've, we, I think, like maybe the first or second show, is Garrett Bradbury a piece of this offense? Like, is he a piece or is he just here and we're trying to find somebody? Is he a stopgap, as they would say? Mm. I don't know, but this is what I will say. Rumor has it he's gained some weight. He's got to gain some strength. If you think about, like I said, the Rams. Now, the outside zone is not like the zone run scheme is not specific to like one team. The zone scheme, just to go layman's terms, is really simple. You're taking a guy in your zone. If there's a guy in both of your zones and they offensive line, tackles, tight ends, they they – Every coach teaches it the way they need to coach it. But basically, if there's a guy, Sam, and you're in eyes gap, I'm going to hit him and post him up. You're going to hit him 
and post him up. Once we have him stopped, if it's an outside run and you're inside of me, nine times out of 10, you're the guy taking off and I'm going to keep him in control of him. You're going to take off and go get the next guy, whether it's the linebacker or a cornerback, whatever's at depth, you're going to the next guy. I've never really seen it where the inside guy goes when there's an outside run. So if it's an inside run, same thing. Outside guy's going to, once he gets control, guy pushes him in, and then I'm going to go. Because now I know you have him. I can go running back and keep following me. Garrett Bradbury, you know, we talked about getting pushed back by Aaron Donald, uh, Akeem Hicks, all this other stuff, all these bigger guys in the middle. Well, now maybe with 10 or 15 more pounds of muscle and just girth, maybe he can sustain a longer you know one second longer you know that's that's really all we talked about when Kirk Cousins makes some of these throws he's throwing it and there's a guy right at his feet sometimes or a guy gets pushed back too quick so Kirk gets flustered and then he's rushing if that half a second is given by that 10 or 15 pounds I think that changes people say you know football's a game of inches it's also a game of seconds half seconds like that can change a game. Coach Macy used to always say, don't blink. And as a young guy, I used to be like, man, what the heck is he talking about? And then I'll never forget like staring at him one time because I didn't want to blink because I'm like, all right, I'm not going to blink. And then as I like the season went on my freshman year, I started to understand what don't blink meant. Like when, because he would always say that, don't blink. And then he said, the difference between eight and three and three and eight is a blink of an eye. And we only play 11 games back there for people like, wait, where's the 12th game? Eight, three, three, and eight. That's what Mason's speech was to us. And so when I thought about blinking, you know, you look at moments where maybe Akeem Hicks gets in too quick because Garrett Bradbury can't get there and Justin Jefferson's just about to come open. That's why I leave that. I think with his weight, I think this is going to help him out with that half second to second of time that Kirk comes in that middle pocket, keeping that middle pocket clean. Maybe Garrett Bradbury becomes a new person under this offense and has a resurgence uh, a quarterback that's going to help him get into the right call that's where i go with that sam what do you think yeah i'm just curious why this weight gaining regimen wasn't the plan after year one <laughs> i i i see brian o'neill he bulked up a ton early in his career ezra cleveland put on weight i mean the even these mobile guys they brought in because they're so fast even those guys were allowed to bulk up it's not like the vikings were opposed to it um, so why couldn't we get a couple more milkshakes in Garrett Bradbury those first couple of years when it was clearly an issue? I mean, he clearly had trouble pass blocking it as a rookie, um, and we didn't really see those kind of gains in the first few years. So, I mean, maybe that was a personal choice for him. Maybe he thought he couldn't play as well if he if he was heavier. But I think we needed to go this route, and, and it sounds like Bradbury's just eating whatever he can. He just said he's not really – adding necessarily good weight he's just trying to gain weight period um and i i think it's the it's kind of the last ditch effort right he's got to save his career by doing something because if he has a bad season well then he's a free agent and then you get stuck in that cycle of one-year deals you know journeyman backup um if you want to be a starter next year you're bradbury uh you got to play really well this year so if the weight thing works uh more power to him then he might be a starter in this league for a while yeah, the one thing I'll say to that is um, you have to look at the guys they go get. So Ryan Monis, uh Viking scout uh, personnel, um, he, head of scouting, he explained to me 
what they do. So they go to the coaches and have a meeting every year before they hit the road again or before they start or during the season. They always meet with the coaches, especially the new staff. And so this is kind of the new what they just did. They go to the coach and say, hey, what do you want? Like, what do you want? Because every every guy that's scouting has kind of a niche position they look at, you know, whether this guy does a lot of DBs and corners, this guy is really good at finding us receivers. Uh, this guy is really good at like the Steelers. I mean, think about their scout. I don't know who it is, but man, you know, Chase Claypool, um, Antonio Brown, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. Like he's finding these second, third, fourth round, sixth round receivers uh, that end up becoming really good. You know, Deion Johnson, like he they, he's finding guy after guy after guy, uh, whether it's Big Ben, because uh, we'll see if Juju's still good with the with the uh, Chiefs. Like maybe it was the system. Maybe it was Big Ben. Maybe it was A.B. and Juju together because that's when they were the best. Who knows? But they're finding them. Chase Claypool was just a beast. And so when you think about that, Ryan Minus, they were told what they were supposed to look for in the offensive lineman. They found Garrett Bradbury because it fit. Kubiak had never had a center or guard in like 10 years with the Broncos that was heavier than like 306 pounds or something like that. And so if you think about it, like Ben Hamilton, former golfer, played center for us, undersized, right at about 305. Uh, went to the Broncos, and they moved him to guard. He played center a little bit, but they moved him to guard. Same deal, though. They wanted undersized guys that can move um, because it was a it was a true zone. We're going to completely move this line, and we're going to get out in space. And that's what they got. And then all of a sudden, you get all these different changes, and the run game changes a little bit. And, you know, oh, we're going to get, you know, your son's now the coordinator. I mean, it, some guys. Guys just aren't built for what if you're trying to run a power like scheme that wasn't Gary Bradbury's deal so maybe that was part of it not realizing well you know we're not Denver we're not playing some of these teams up there that have you know 275 to 300 pound no sir we're playing Akeem Hicks 360 you know we're playing against these bigger guys um in our in our conference for sure um so I think that's part of it. And also guys just can't gain weight. I mean, some guys could eat a thousand to 2000 to 3000 calories and nothing happens. Like their body just doesn't hold on to it. They go to training camp. And that's the other thing too. We could talk about this weight now when he's doing not a lot, just, you know, out there pushing around. And when you get to training camp and you start sweating, let's see if that 10 to 15 sticks around and what that storyline becomes. But again, we don't know. We don't know. It's all about time. What time can tell, but up next, we're going to debut a new segment. I'm, I'm a little bit excited about this. It's called This or That. Um, do I want this or whatever? I have that. Sam's going to lead the way, and I'm going to follow. But we'll be back after this and another word from our I've got some words about Built Bar. Uh, you've been wanting the Built Granola Bars. Go get them at built.com. They've got un they've got three unbelievable flavors: chocolate peanut butter, chocolate coconut, and white chocolate berry. I am salivating. Get the mixed box online at built.com. They're so different than the bars and puffs. They're loaded with granola, perfect combo of crunch and chewiness. They're made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. So if you've been waiting for a healthy and delicious granola bar to hit the market, this is your time. Head to Built.com right now. Get the Built Granola Bars. Again, chocolate, peanut butter, chocolate, coconut, white chocolate, berry. So good. Built.com, promo code LOCKED15, 15% off your order. Promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off 
at built.com. And now on the Ron Johnson Show, we have a new segment called This or That. Do I want this? Do I want that? You got to weigh the options. And then Sam's going to weigh in a little bit on what he would take. I'm excited about this one. All those watching on YouTube, thank you. Those that are subscribed to the podcast, please continue to do so wherever you get your podcast, and make sure you share and tell your friends about it. The Ron Johnson Show, Locked On Sports Minnesota. Please continue to support. We thank you. Um, Sam, this or that, let's go. This guy or that guy, there's a theme today, Ron. The theme is one of them is cheap, one of them is expensive. They're all pretty good football players, all right? Your choice, number one. And, and again, the premise of the game today, you have to take into account the contract. Okay. So who would you have, money included, who would you have right now on your team? Would you have the cheaper, Justin Jefferson, or the more expensive, Cooper Cup? So this one is kind of easy for me. This is, this, is, uh, this, is a, this is easy, and this is why. I would take Justin Jefferson with the money. If him and Cooper Cup had the same money, I'm still taking Justin Jefferson. I think Justin Jefferson's ceiling has not even been close to being seen. Um, I, I watch him warm up. I watch him work out. I watch him do a lot of things uh, in the offseason. I watch him do it in practice. Uh, his his footwork, his shiftiness, I'll call it, his ability to just do a run, you're like, ah, what is that? And then you see it in a game, you're like, oh, wow, that worked. Um, I don't think we've seen half of what Justin Jeff can do if you just feed him, if you just let him work. If you just say, hey, I'm going to put you in the slot now, you have a choice route. Make this guy miss. Um, there's going to be a lot of that, like a lot of, uh, I guess, playground football, you can call it. Um, but that's what young coordinators, innovation, that's what they do. We've talked about this for years, about innovation. Um, I'm a big, or not me, my kids are, Sunday kids. You know, they love to go to places where you can make your own little ice cream and they have all the toppings. I always felt like the Vikings office at the time would just grab vanilla ice cream, walk out. Maybe a little whipped cream, but they're walking out. I'm I'm ready to see this vanilla ice cream with maybe a little bit of chocolate on the side or cookies and cream on the side. And then you got the whipped cream. And then you got the gummy bears. And then you got the sprinkles. And then you throw in a little of those bubbles. I don't know what those things are. They're they're pretty good. You throw the little juices in there. And that's where I go with that. That's where I think this offense can get. That's where I think Justin Jefferson can get better. So contract for contract, it was the same. I mean, if, it's, if the way it is now, it's definitely Jefferson. But if it was the same, I'm still going to take Justin Jefferson. Yeah, and Cup hasn't, you know, he had a record-breaking season. Hasn't proven that he can do this back-to-back -back years yet. He took five years to do what he did last year. Before that, he was solid. He was like a solid number two, number three receiver. He was not a star until age 28. Jefferson was a star at age 21 and age 22. He's turning 23 in six days. Um, so he's way ahead of the cup track. And uh, I think I would definitely take the expensive or cheap version of Justin Jefferson as well. Uh, how about this one, Ron? A couple of opposites. I know you've weighed in on these guys before, but mm -hmm. the expensive Kirk Cousins, who you've said that, that you know, pound for pound, you like Cousins more than Kyler Murray as a quarterback. But what about when you take the contract into account uh, with Murray being cheap right now and Cousins being expensive. So that's a little bit tougher now. So <clears throat> what you get out of Kyler Murray with Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook, uh, you get a mobile quarterback. You get a guy that can move and really scare people out of the, you know, out of just doing their basic stuff and blitzing. If you miss, he's gone. Um, you have to spy him. He adds a different level of, of uh, defensive uh, protection that they have to protect themselves from letting Kyler Murray with his legs 
just beat them. And I frame it up this way. And this is this is a tough one for me. I man. And Kirk Cousins contract. Kyler Murray, though, is is wanting like some of the stuff he's doing the offseason, he's wanting. So I'm gonna add the antics to this one too. I'm gonna take Kirk Cousins because I don't feel like Kirk would ever truly do like I don't I mean Kirk doesn't care about social media. I don't think he would scrub the Vikings from his social media. I don't think that's him. Um, but I, I could be wrong. Like he could be totally one of those guys that you know secretly does all that stuff and tweets you know Stefan Diggs type stuff or receiver is receivers we they all do it you look at Juju you look at Tony Brown they all tweet uh when their emotions are, are involved with sports um but I'm gonna take Kirk Cousins for the simple fact of a true passer I don't think Kyler Murray is a complete true passer yes he can throw the ball but I think he needs a different coordinator or somebody that can really get him going and do some things um I, I just feel like the the contract stuff Kirk's come back to the pack now so, and, and Kyler's coming up on a new big deal. He wants a new big deal. So I'm going to go with Kirk Cousins on that one. I think this is the toughest one of the bunch. Um, I I am also torn because I think Kirk Cousins gives you the consistency and he gives you that level-headedness that Murray lacks. But also Murray's kind of a unicorn. Like, he, the way that he can move with this unbelievable rocket arm in that sort of like small body. It's crazy what he can do on the football field. He can do stuff that no one else can do. Uh, when you have a player that unique, I think I'm going to bet on the upside and trust that when he does become expensive and he does get a little older, that he will round out and become more consistent. So for that reason, I will take the cheaper Murray in the hopes that you can harness all of that athleticism and make him into something great. Yeah, I see that. Okay, let's do a defensive one. The cheap Nick Bosa, 15 and a half sacks last year. He's three years into his career, probably getting paid uh, next year about this time. Daniil Hunter, he's been hurt two years in a row, but he's Daniil Hunter, and he's also expensive. You take in the pricey Daniil or the cheap Nick Bosa? When you look at... 15 and a half sacks in one season. Yes, he was hurt as well. Like, because people are like, oh, Daniel's always hurt. He was hurt last year as well. Um, but he didn't make it through the whole season pretty much. 15 and a half sacks, uh, $33 million contract over four years. So cheaper than Daniel. I think Daniel's like 50 or something like that. I can't remember. I got to go with Nick Bosa on this one. Um, when you look at the 3 4 versus 4 3, um, Nick Bosa stands up a little bit more than Daniel. Like, he comes from that stand up position a little bit more. Um, he looks a little bit comfortable, a little bit more comfortable doing it. Um, so I, I gotta, I gotta go with Nick Bosa on this one. Like I, I think, just from a standpoint of uh, defensive guys, sometimes are plug and play. A guy that had 15 and a half sacks, and again, Daniel might come out and have 16 sacks. We don't know, 18, who knows? Um, but in this instance, I'm, I'm gonna go Nick Bosa. I lean Bosa as well. I mean, you, you kind of always give a little preference to that cheaper guy, and and Bosa. I know he was hurt one year, but um, you know, I think the Bosa name helps a little bit too, when you know yeah. that there's just sort of this family history of, of being so talented, um, you, you, you get the sense that he's probably going to have a long and prosperous career. You just kind of, kind of instinctively know that, uh, because he's a Bosa and he's got a lot of good years left in him. And he's on a team that values, uh, that, that edge pass rush in San Francisco. So I'm going to go with Bosa as well. The two years of Daniel injuries spook me a little bit. Um, we'll see what he can do in the three, four, but I'm going to go with the, the cheaper guy as well. So I guess I took the cheap guy for all three. <laughs> yeah. You're a money guy. Yeah. Quasi would like you. 
But I'm going to go with Kirk, Justin Jefferson, and then give me Nick Bosa. Without a do it for this or that, let us know what you think on Twitter as well. Feel free to interact. Tell us who you would take in those instances. Again, make sure you download the podcast and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. But stick around. It's the part of the show that I always love, the Daily Three. Why? Because I wore number three in college. It's my favorite number. It's the Daily Three. That's three questions, three minutes each. We'll be back after this. Another word from our sponsors. Let me tell you about Sakara. Feeling your best starts with what you eat. Sakara helps you live a healthy, balanced lifestyle and truly enjoy it with delicious, plant-rich, transformational nutrition that builds a foundation for living in your best body. True Radiance starts on your plate. Made with high-quality organic ingredients, Sakara's plant-rich, transformational nutrition programs are expertly designed to deliver real results from reduced bloating and ease digestion to clear skin and boosted energy and moods. Sakara is a wellness company anchored in foods as medicine on a mission to nourish your body through the power of plants. Plant-rich ingredients helping boost your energy, support your digestion, curb your sugar cravings, get your skin glowing. Right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash lockdown20 or enter lockdown20 at checkout. That's Sakara, S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash lockdown20 to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash lockdown20. Well, it's that time of the show. For those that have watched this, you know, Sam, throw some questions my way. I got three minutes to answer them. Sometimes I get it right. Sometimes you guys don't agree with me. Either way, we're going to do it. It's the daily three. It's three questions, three minutes each. Take it away, Sam. There is controversy in the golf world, Ron. Live Golf, the Saudi-funded breakaway golf league, debuted yesterday in London. Dustin Johnson was playing. Phil Mickelson was playing. handful of other PGA, um, I don't want to say stars, because a number of them are kind of past their prime, but a number of other PGA members were in that tournament the 17 that are involved have been suspended by the pga tour and it's setting up a big stare down between the two leagues uh we might go to court there's going to be a lot of battles in in the the press and wars of words on social media it's going to get ugly potentially ron do you have uh do you have any respect for the guys that broke away and went to the saudi league with that saudi money um because it's obviously created a lot of controversy in the press i this is the thing man life people have families people got things they got to do um now granted is it like a couple dollars more or is it millions more and so for some of these guys to get the money they got just being in the league without having to win without having to get a purse without a, like they're getting money just to leave like these are like becoming like contracts like the nba now like hey We'll pay you. You don't have to go out there and win and get your tour card and all this stuff. We're just going to pay you because we know we can make the money back on the back end. So this is, it almost feels like the NIL, like seeing her at this mm-hmm. week and talking to him a little bit about the NIL and then hearing this story about these golfers, 17 getting suspended, but they're getting money up front to come play and be a part of this league. feels a little NIL-ish. Like, it's like, mm-hmm. hey, let's pay these guys early. Um, purses, we'll, we'll keep the purse money. Like, Think about if guys got paid up front and then these tournaments just kept the money like that they were getting from sponsors, FedEx, whoever was going to run their their tournament. Like you can make that money back because if you get 11 something million, I mean, some of these purses and total payouts, it's a lot. 
So you don't pay guys out as big because you're paying them to just play and be a part of your league and get TV money and get, and get to be seen and get fans to buy tickets to want to be out there and, you know, tickets to events to sign autographs and be a part of all these, you know, big car companies that want to be, you know, these these foreign cars that, that, that want to really be a part of, like, I mean, all these companies that went to the PGA, they might start coming over. And that's why the, the, the PGA is, I think that that suspending them is just, we're scared. Like, we don't want to water down our league or share. So you guys can't play with us anymore. Well, if everybody leaves, they're the sport. Like, P, the PGA is not the sport. You're just the house. But if somebody leaves the house, it's no longer there. Like, if the Kardashians moved out of their house, those cameras in their house aren't still going to be watched. They're going to follow them. They're going to follow the Kardashians to their next house. You know, look at all these dudes that dated Kim Kardashian. Those cameras didn't stay with those guys like Chris Humphreys and, and Reggie Bush. The, like the camera's going to follow Kim. Like Kanye, people are like, oh, can't believe she's leaving Kanye. It's going to keep following her. Now, Kanye is getting followed as well, but not like her. Like, I don't know what it is, but they have it. Whatever it is, they have it. And so this is what this LIV feels like. It feels like an NIL. feels like, you know, one of those situations where you don't know who's going to stick with who and ratings. You know, ESPN doesn't care. They're going to show both. They're going to talk about both. They're going to, this is a story everybody's going to talk about. So, hey, I'm for it. The, uh, there's might be just enough pressure on the PGA for this to become a problem for them because it sounds like DeChambeau wants to join. Ricky Fowler wants to join. Patrick Reed. I mean, those are some serious American stars that are, and that are going to, you know, draw eyeballs on the PGA or the LIV. People, if more and more people start defecting, uh, it could be problematic. Now, I watched a couple minutes of the coverage yesterday, and I, I, I'll tell you, it's a little tough to watch. I mean, the field right now is so watered down. Yep. There's only there's a, only a couple names, and mm -hmm. and it is a lot of nobody. Right. Uh, and the production's a little weak. It's not easy to watch right now. So I don't think I think they've got some work to do on the production, beefing up their their broadcast, and just getting bigger names because I didn't recognize like anyone in that field. Right. Uh, so, so they, they've still got a little work to do if they want to become a, a serious threat, but they've got endless money. They've got endless reservoir of that Saudi money. So they'll be able to wait it out. Uh, twins last night, they lose again, uh, 10 to seven against the Yankees. They had a chance to win that series Ron, up seven to three. They were hitting homers all over the yard and the Yankees rattle off seven unanswered. They basically scored a touchdown on them, uh, to win 10 to seven. So, Ron, I get your thoughts on the Twins-Yankees series. Based on the way it went with a couple blown leads and, uh, and you know, obviously last night losing a four-run lead, are you disappointed with uh, the way the Twins performed or are you satisfied with the one win? I'm satisfied with the one win. I said that. I said if they can get one, I think that's a victory. They did it. Mm -hmm. um, I thought they were going to lose all three. Again, this is the Yankees. The Yankees are a really good team. I mean, they're a highly paid team. Um when you think about Aaron Judge and, and and the size of some of these guys and the speed of the pitching, like it's it's the Yankees though, like it's 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 it it's it's all the names of names that you've thought about Rodriguez and 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 Jeter and you know like I said it's Rivera, like it's just the the Yankees have always been like baseball, like when you think about baseball, I, I go back to the Jerry Seinfeld you know episode, which is so funny that we never really actually saw George do anything with the Yankees, but he was already part of the Yankees somehow. And when you think about like just some of the comments that would happen in the show where the minute he mentioned Yankees, everybody was like, what, wait, who, where, what, when? You say, oh yeah, I work for the Twins. Oh, okay. 
you know, like it's not the same. And so the fact that like they were able to get one from like the top team, in my opinion, one of the top teams, I think that looks well. And even though they blew it, so this thing about baseball and softball, I don't, I don't look at it like basketball. Like basketball, you get up twenty and you lose, you just got beat. Baseball, you had some things not go your way. It's a little bit different. The fact they were able to get some big hits, put up seven points on them. Uh, make people turn the TV on because we all were watching like, wait, what? Seven to three? Um, to make people feel like, okay, it's twins team. So now it's a mindset. Like now some of the things, like having a lead like that, it becomes a mindset that we are good. We are in first place. We are not the same team we were before. We are a team that's leading the division. We are a team that's going to be in the playoffs. We are a team that can win these tough games. We are a team that can beat the Yankees. We beat them once. I mean, think about if it was another one of those play-in situations where it's one game. They won that first game. Maybe that's enough mental fortitude that they got out of that. Like, look, guys, if we went to a one-game play-in, we, we can beat the Yankees, and we can get there early, and then everybody's happy. Nobody wants to deal with Yankees in October. So I, I'm satisfied with it. I think it, they, they, they did what they had to do, and, and now it's time to move on. Enough said there. Let's get an NBA Finals prediction for tonight. Game four in Boston. The Celtics can take a 3-1 lead if they win. The Warriors can tie it up 2-2 if they win. The bet online odds indicate that uh, the Celtics are still four-point favorites. Ron, who you got tonight? Well, Herm Edwards said this to me yesterday. He said, don't make decisions based off emotions. You need to make calculated, educated decisions. I don't have to do that in this business. Like in sports, in business world, yeah. In this business, it's emotion. And that's the problem. My emotions right now are telling me it's the Celtics. Like the way they won that game, the way they fought off the Warriors, the way Draymond is going to the press now, talking about if this was the 80s and 90s, I would have pun I could punch somebody in the face. I could be the real enforcer that I want to be. But now I can't be that. Now if I do it, I'm fined a million. Back in the day, they were fined $2. Bill Lambeer. He like called him out by name. Like, you know who you are, Bill Lambeer. Like, he uh, he literally like just called those old guys out. Like, you used to punch guys in the face. You could beat guys up. You could throw guys to the ground for coming through the lane. Because I think a reporter, and I'm not sure of the actual question. I just saw the, the, the sound bite. But I think the question was maybe like, did you guys get bullied? Or were you bullied? Um, and that's where he was like, he's like, no. But he's like, at the same time, I can't fight back. Like, if they push me or they're pushing my guys or they land on Steph Curry, like, I can't fight them. I can't punch them in the face for landing on Steph Curry and maybe hurting them. Um, that's that's where, you know, he was like, no. Like, it's just a different era. Like, I can't do it. Some things that weren't called flagrant fouls were. So this is where I go with that. I just feel like they're scrambling. Nobody's really talking about the game itself. Um, but the Celtics just have that mental edge right now. They're at home. Um, but maybe the Warriors, that us against the world mentality comes back that they've always had, and they could tie this up. Um, but if they go down 3-1, it's over. The Celtics are going to win this. And again, I could be wrong. We could turn around, they're down 3-1. They come back and win this thing 4-3. Hey, great. Great talkers, great TV. But no, I, I think that would be tough. Even if they get game five and they go 3-2, the Celtics are going to come back home and close it out. But again, who knows? This is basketball. But emotionally, I feel like it's the Celtics right now. That's They have me. I'm going to go Warriors by two. I'm just trying to wish it into existence. Um, and I, I got to see what the crowd does tonight because the Warriors actually, you know, spoke out about the hostility of the crowd. And yep. and the, from what I know about Boston, they're only going to ratchet it up even higher. They're going to be more hostile um, and make that a pretty tough environment to play. So I'll be, I'll be watching the antics 
in the crowd and to see how the Warriors react to that. That's my number one storyline. Um, but that'll do it for the Ron Johnson Show. I'm your host, Ron Johnson. That's my producer, Sam Ekstrom. Have a great day.